Can you believe it? Guillermo, we're finally officially doing our first podcast ever. I can't believe it. It's what, a year ago we were pretending to be podcast hosts and yeah. now we're actually doing an actual podcast. It's so wild. I think that you've been giving me space until finally when we saw each other a couple of days ago, I said, oh, I really want to do this. What was your response? I was like, let's go. <laughs> and let's here go. we are literally two days later. So, uh, before we start our first official, officially official podcast, uh, want to send a shout out to our friends at the Jason Taylor Foundation, without whom I don't think, number one, we never would have met. No. And sure. uh, number two, we probably never would have started a podcast. No, never. So thanks to uh, Seth Levitt, executive director of the Jason Taylor Foundation, one of our friends, and uh, Troy Drayton, the director of the Careers and Sports Directive at the Jason Taylor Foundation, another one of our friends, both of whom, uh, yeah, we just wouldn't be here without, at least during this podcast, we'd still be alive. <laughs> yeah, so thank you guys for uh, putting faith in us and in, uh, in our careers in sports program in our school. But, you know, at the end of the day, if it wasn't for you guys and uh, the network, uh, I would have not met Tori. And she would have not approached me two days ago and be like, are you ready to start the podcast finally? And for me to be like, I'm down, let's go. Yeah. So here we are. So yeah, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're both educators. Uh, yeah, so I'm Tori and I'm a teacher at Cypress Bay in uh, sunny Weston, Florida. And then we have uh, Guillermo over here. Yeah, and I am a teacher at Piper High School in uh, sunny sunrise. Uh, you know, so here we are. So what brought us together, Guillermo, I think it was a, even longer than a year ago, but whenever it was, uh, maybe almost a year and a half ago, we got paired in an assignment for a conference we were at, and um, we had to do a podcast. And both of us had never done it before, even though we had listened to podcasts, and we were a little scared, and we said, ah, you know what, screw it, let's do it. Let's just go all in because we wanted to see what it was like and see if we could help our kids. Um, and so, yeah, here we are a little bit over a year later. But what we realized that day was not only did we like uh, each other and also listening to each other talk, but we found a common love of the Florida Panthers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. That is a fantastic imitation the of the roaring cat. I love that. I, I've been trying to find that and put it as my text home for people to but no luck there. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, Guillermo and I actually are both uh, season ticket holders of the Florida Panthers. This is my third year. I think this is your first my year. My first year. Yeah. That's right. My and uh, Guillermo's kind of a little bit of a big deal with the Florida Panthers. He was just honored as one of their Hispanic heritage thingamajigs, Hispanic heritage excellence people. And he was uh, honored as the uh, member of the game and was given some swag, he and his girlfriend. And um, I have been watching the Florida Panthers for the last 10 years. And uh, what about you? How long have you been watching them? I knew they were around since 93 and I grew up in you know local base Miami so I, I knew they, they share the the Miami Ice Arena with Miami Heat 
Um, but, you know, at that time, you know, uh, I was just was it in that in a bracket class where we can get tickets to see the games. But but you watched a lot of I've the games. I've always watched a lot of them. And Radio Talk was big growing up. So I used to listen to the announcers on, you know, on the okay. radio on 790 a lot. And, you know, I think it's what is it now? 560? I think it's 560. 560 yeah. Yeah. So so I heard of the Panthers and. We had a hockey team in uh, South Florida, and, you know, as a young kid, I was like, why would we have an ice hockey yeah. in the hottest state, you know, like, won't the ice melt? Young me would say to himself. <laughs> <laughs> but who doesn't want, and we've actually, this might be something we eventually talk about on the podcast a little bit, as other people have as well, who doesn't want to play hockey in South Florida? Oh, I yeah. mean, you have the beach, you have pools, it is roughly 85 degrees 10 months out of the year let's not talk about the couple of months where it's 102 but uh yeah they can the boys can go into the rinks and cool off and get to leave wearing their flip-flops like a jason kelsey after before and after his games but uh get on their golf carts and then just heck yeah especially with the new uh state new the practice facility that they've built down at the old uh, veteran war memorial beautiful facility i haven't been but i've seen pictures i'm pretty stoked about the pickleball courts that are going up over there i'm ready for them to open it up to the public so and then once is like free for all for everybody ran opening yeah you can guarantee to catch us there so if you sure. uh, any listeners out there, you know, catches there and we'll sign some autographs. <laughs> Take some I don't think anybody wants our autographs just yet, but nah. if you want me to scroll my name next to a class you want to take next year, I can do that for yeah. you. I've been signing off on uh, kids' uh, uh, course selection cards the last yeah. week. So, um, yeah, so a little bit about what we're going to do with our podcast, uh, just starting us off, we're, you know, Obviously, we're Florida Panthers fans, so this is going to be a Florida Panther heavy, especially um, almost like a stan. Uh, we're, we're definitely fans. We're we're also critical, yeah. But mm-hmm. definitely, we're going to be you we're know not a little to bit be truthful. Yeah, free to be truthful because yeah. we're not owned by the Panthers organization. But not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I love that. I love that yeah. attitude, Guillermo. Um, but yeah, uh, so we'll talk about the Florida Panthers, everything. We're, we're aiming for this to be a weekly show, so ideally uh, we'll post, we'll talk about what happens during the week for the Panthers, the games. We're going to talk about uh, Saturday's game for sure uh, today. And we don't play again until Wednesday, which is pretty crazy since yeah. we just came off a week break for the All-Star. Yeah, but well, um, They're a good road team. So I think the next few games are all road and until next... The 20th. The 20th. We play the Senators, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, the Kachuk. The Kachuk brothers are meeting. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll talk about the Florida Panthers. And we'll also talk about news around the league. Uh, just because, uh, you know, Guillermo and I both really like staying up on social media, I, for one, go down the Twitter rabbit hole of everything that happens around the league. I also have Instagram, but I feel like I know it's I know it's X now, but I'm much more prone to kind of scroll through uh, Twitter than I am Instagram. And uh, and yeah, we're just going to talk a little bit about our opinions on the Florida Panthers and on things that are happening around the league. Yeah, you ready to dive in on our first uh, topic? Yeah, you go for it. Well, uh, big story that happened in the league right now. 
It's uh, Mark Andre hitting his 1,000 uh, career game, and it's also his 553 win. So big time, been. man! I saw some of those videos, and I love when the league and when individual teams do this for their like, you know. Just the players that have been around for so long, you know, uh, recently, I think Gensel just hit a big number in Pittsburgh and, uh, you know, players around the league are hitting a thousand games, 1200 games. I think it was Patty Kane that yeah. just hit 1200, if I'm not mistaken. And um, it's just cool seeing just the emotion from the players, not only the player getting honored, and usually it's because, you know, his family is there and, you know, maybe a little tears happening. Uh, which I love. I love seeing that, you know, emotional side because I think honestly, uh, and I mean, you can speak to this more as a man, but I think, you know, society kind of teaches men to kind of hold their emotions in. So especially professional athletes. Yeah. Uh, so it's nice when, when you get to see kind of those walls come down. And uh, it was really nice seeing Flurry acknowledged. And I really loved, I thought it was a super classy thing for the Wild to do it when Pittsburgh was in town. Uh, since he played so many games with them, I, I have down here uh, five, five. No, it was six hundred and ninety-one, if I'm not mistaken. With yeah, uh, six hundred and ninety-one with the Pins. Yeah, and then eighty-one has been with the Wilds. Yeah, and he was with Vegas, and then he got burned by Vegas, and then there were was a small stint where he was up in Chicago, and that was a disaster. <laughs> so, not sure how much longer he'll be with the Wild, but I think it's really cool that Flurry. Uh, was acknowledged the way that he was, and his fam his kids got to read off the the lines in the uh, locker room before the game, and uh, and then what happened at the end of the game? That well, was amazing. That safe, that win. Yeah, win I against mean, uh, his old his old team. I mean, so great. So first and foremost. For those of you who don't know, because you don't, I'm a huge Sidney Crosby fan. In fact, I'm sitting here wearing a Sidney Crosby is really good at hockey shirt. And um, other than the Florida Panthers, he's definitely in my top five of all time favorite players. And I loved the just competitive nature, but also just the friendship that he and Flurry have and, and how, um, you know, in spite of everything, like, yeah, Flurry's not there anymore, but... Uh, Sydney said, I want to score on Flurry. Uh, and he did. He scored on Flurry. And then it's almost like it was written. You know, they say that, um, uh, what do they say for the NFL? The script? It's, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like there's a script in the NHL too. Like sometimes the stars just align. So Sid scored. And then Flurry just had a flurry, if you will, of <laughs> saves. And uh, yes, I did that on purpose. Um, had a flurry of these crazy saves, you know, butterfly and everything to uh, keep that game on lock. And, and he walked away with his fifth, 553rd win. Yeah, and it's a, it was a nail-biter. It was a 3-2 game. So it, it wasn't one of those like, oh, you know, they're going to play soft. They're going to they're gonna give him his moment. It's just this night. So a lot of people say it's like, oh, when they're usually honoring somebody on a team, the other team is going to take the fall. And that way it can be like the the proper send off, but no. Yeah. Th those penguins went hard. It was a, it was right towards the end. It was yeah. a three two game, and then it was just you know, go big or go home, and he did. 
Yeah, I mean, Crosby was interviewed after the fact. I was I was listening to a little soundbite, and in the interview, the the interviewer goes, "Oh, you know, I know that you wanted to win, but it must have been nice to let Flurry." And Sydney was like, "I mean, <laughs> I still want to win. Like that's what I'm here for. So, I mean, yeah, it was a nice night for Flurry, but." It's it's not nice when your team you still want to walk away with two points. So you almost feel like you wish that uh, both teams could walk away as winners, but that's just not the case. Um, but you know, Flurry got what he wanted, and um, the Penguins walked away as the losers that night. Yeah. But just think about it: a thousand games is like like I try to wrap my head around is like that's a thousand games for for him it's probably like whatever not whatever but it's like oh I can't believe it's been a thousand games that I played already but it's like yeah well you know it's even crazier for goalies because yeah. even though they're dressed their games I don't think they count unless they're actually playing in the game, in the game. so he may have dressed for say remember there's you know 82 games a season so maybe he's dressing for all of the games or maybe 70 whatever depending on when he's when or if he's injured but um any game he's not behind the pipes that's not a game that he gets no. counted which is even more impressive and i think i saw the statistic that he's only the fourth goalie that has a thousand that has a thousand games something like that yeah he re this game <clears throat> he passed uh, patrick roy for the nhl's all-time win list too that would be Coach so. Patrick Waugh wow. of the <laughs> Islanders. <laughs> yeah, those French names, man, they get you every time. Um, yeah, so, I mean, nice to see Fleury doing big things. And uh, even though, you know, Fleury doesn't have anything to do uh, with the Panthers, I, I saw another graphic online that saw that that showed all of the wins that he has against all of the uh nhl teams i thought it was funny that he only has one win against uh, vegas because of course he played for vegas since they became an expansion team and he's only not been with them for two seasons so hopefully he'll get more wins against uh against uh, his former team especially i want him to get wins against them because you know they, we lost to them in the finals last Vegas year. Who? I don't know. Yeah, what exactly. The Knights, what Knights? <laughs> uh, yeah, Spencer but, Knight, that night. <laughs> speaking of, you know, this isn't something that is on our list of things to talk about. And I know this doesn't really pertain to anything right now, but since we just had uh, a kind of Spencer Knight caveat, he is a goalie. He's playing down for the Charlotte Checkers right now, and he, he has pretty good stats right now. And enough that some fans are like, we really want to bring him up. Like, Paul Maurice, what are you doing? Anthony Stolarz, like, he's fine, but we really need Niter. He should be our next franchise goalie, da-da-da. And I think it's really interesting because for anybody who goes to the games, they know that during the National Anthem, we chant two times during the the anthem. What are the two words that we scream while the singer is singing? We shout red yes, and, and night. And I was talking with a few friends after this last game, and they said, because we haven't had night play with us since last year, and it was kind of a disaster, um, because obviously he was going through his own personal struggles. For those uh, who aren't aware, he went into the player assistance program last year to treat uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, which, you know, I think is just such a 
strong, courageous thing for this man to do. Um, you know, he's still very young, uh, untried, untested, and he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. And for him to realize I cannot do this without seeking outside help, um, is just stunning. And we're seeing more and more players go into the player assistance program for, you know, numerous, numerous different reasons. But anyway, uh, I want to get your take on this. I have friends who are telling me that they think that we should not be shouting night anymore. It's funny because recently as well, I had a bunch of friends tell me it was a mistake getting rid of lying. We should have kept lying and sent night away to, I think, uh, the Ducks. That's where uh, Lion is currently playing. No, and Lion's with uh, the Red Wings. Red Wings. There you go. My mistake. Thank you, Tori, for yeah, the Yeah, no worries. No worries. But I was like, well, that's not a Florida Panther thing to do. We, we believe, you know, in the territory, we're one family, and we won't give up. You know, we're just not going to abandon somebody in their time of need. Uh, I think that when the time is right, Knight is always going to be welcomed back to the organization, and the fans still shout it. So that means that we still believe in him, and we still want him part of our team. And in my opinion, I mean, he was solid when he was behind the net for us and he kept his in in a lot of the big games and yeah know. especially during that playoff run in 2022 yeah. so and like what you said it's it's time that we we kind of get rid of the locker room mentality was like keep your feelings to yourself and uh we've seen that cause a lot of harm to great athletes that keep it to themselves and you know i applaud him big time for speaking out it's like hey i need to take a step back because you know, in the long run, if I keep it to myself, this is going to hurt the franchise and it's going to hurt the team. Yeah. And, and, and himself. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I always think about, and I think that oftentimes fans neglect to remember fans and, and just people in general, when they think about these professional athletes and even outside of professional athletes, thinking about, you know, actors and musicians and like just famous people, right? It's like they, they have to be on for us at all times. And I think often we forget that they're people yeah. and with real lives and real problems and real, you know, high points and low points and, and everything going on in their lives that go in on ours. It might be at a different level, but you know, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I think we're, I think so many of the fans are, are ready uh, with open arms whenever Knight does come back and he'll probably get the loudest pop oh, in I our arena sure. when he does finally get back between the pipes. Are you going to wear your, uh, your Knight uh, <laughs> yeah. jersey that night? <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I, I probably will. I, um, so I have a few different uh, jerseys and I did end up buying a Knight sweater when I, uh, heard he went into the player assistance program just as a silent way to show some support. But I don't wear the jersey of a player unless they're mm -hmm. on the ice. And so it's been hanging up in my closet for a little bit longer than I care to admit. So absolutely, I will wear that jersey with pride uh, the night he comes back. Oh, well, I'm, I'm looking forward for that game. And I know everybody in that, in the, in the arena, in Emerin Bank Arena, will we'll go bananas. But yeah. sticking with the Panther theme... What about our, our good boy, Herberdew? <laughs> uh, he's currently hitting it up over there at uh, Calgary. Uh, he just also played his 800 NHL game. So he's, he's racking up those games, getting close to the 1,000. But, uh, I mean, everybody's saying he's heating it up over there again. I, 
he's finally getting comfortable, in my opinion. He's finally feeling the team, seeing how the culture is over there, and becoming him. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, obviously, he was here in Florida a long time. He was here nine years, I think, maybe even into his 10th season when, no, I think he was nine when he got traded. And I have to say, just as a fan, I have a Huberdeau jersey. I was a huge Huberdeau fan. Um, He was my number two. I'll uh, reveal my number one at some point, probably (laughs) even today. But uh, And everybody who knows me knows who my favorite is. But anyway... Um, yeah, I loved Huberto, and I just thought he was so spectacular for us, especially in that last year. But, and I was heartbroken when he was traded. I woke up at midnight, and I saw this flood of notifications on my phone, and I was like, how is this even possible? But I, I even, I was shocked. I was like, really, him? He's yeah. like one of our, our, our Franchise main... player. Yeah, and he was like, like the league scorers yeah. most of the time. I was like, why are you going to get rid of him, the guy who's actually... Yeah. Putting, in, putting it on the net. You know, and I know the listeners are probably like, oh, come on, it's been a year and a half. Like, get over yourselves. We have Matthew Kachuk. He's fantastic. And we're not saying that he isn't. I love Matty T. I think he brought something to our team that was so necessary. Um, but it doesn't mean that I can't have a little bit of, you know, sadness for for losing uh, Huberto, especially uh, when Goldie, you know, would make his call and if he scored, hoobie dooby doo and, <laughs> you know, all of those things. And I love that that's still happening over, over in the flames. But, um, yeah, I was really disappointed for him to see how he uh, kind of stacked up his first year. And after all of the interviews, it was just very plain to see that he was so jarred, like, I don't, he wasn't prepared to leave. He did not want the trade. Uh, I, I remember him being interviewed and saying that it was a complete shock and he found out like an hour before it dropped. And, um, you know, I understand and I think he eventually came to understand that it is a business. Um, and again, like Bill Zito made the choice that obviously has paid dividends for us. Yeah. Uh, and, we wish nothing but the best for Huberto, so it's really nice uh, to see what to see what Huberto is kind of producing now in his second year in Calgary. Um, obviously, he didn't have the best uh, start to his season. Oh no! I mean, if we pull up the stats, I mean, he had way less than all his scores his last year with um, the Florida Panthers. He only in seventy nine games he totaled fifty five points. 15 goals in one year and only 40 assists, like way below his average with the Florida Panthers. But, you know, it's a new system, new coaching, new everything. So mm-hmm. it's like... Sometimes- well, you know, they 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 lost their coach too. Yeah. They they ended up uh, letting him... Letting, uh, I forget, of course, his name off the top of my head. I can see his face. His son was a huge part of the Flames organization. Um, but, you know, they let him go and, and got a new coach and they have new players and they're building something and you know look they're they're not the florida panthers so i'm not going to say i ever want them to win the stanley cup but certainly i want them to be uh, a force and um you know we have our guy mackenzie Weger out there too and uh so it's it's funny the more and i'm sure other people can relate to this too um it's it's funny the more I watch hockey and see 
the my favorite players get traded or players that played for us like Owen Tippett going to the Flyers yeah. you know I don't want him to beat us but I want him to be successful against every team that's not us uh you know and um and yeah so I'm just happy to see that Huberdeau is is turning around and I agree with you I think he's finally getting into the groove yeah for our listeners that don't know he is racking 15 points 11 assists in his first 15 games in the new year and it's been 15 games. So that means in every game, he is putting it in. Well, that sounds very odd. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say yeah, he's, he's a, a point-per-game point player. player. <laughs> and that's good because since uh, the Flames uh, traded away their main scorer, um, pardon the intrusion of the alarms, <laughs> I promise you it's not a uh, fire alarm going off. It's just machines going haywire. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, ever since uh, the Flames traded away their, their main score, it's nice to see that they have somebody stepping up and, and who better than Hooby-Dooby-Doo, you know? Hooby-Dooby-Doo. <laughs> All right, so moving on from Huberdeau, uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about is the preview to our stadium series since it's going to be uh, next weekend. Um, we got that on February 17th, 18th. I thought it was really interesting. I don't know, Guillermo, have you seen the the, the sweater drop? I have. And what did you think I, of that? I actually was going to get my lady. Uh, it's, in, it's in the talks because I'm as a Panther fan, I was like, Ugh, do I want to spend my money on a New York Ranger one? <laughs> but the New York Ranger one is beautiful, clean. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Ugh. It's, I'm I not going to lie, a, one, of my, one of my best friends is a Rangers fan, and he said the same thing. He said, and he's a huge Panthers fan. He's had season tickets since, like, 2000. And he said, if I spent any money on any jersey in the next few months, it would be on the Stadium Series New York Rangers yeah. jersey. So uh, definitely agree with that. So, yeah, Flyers are going to be uh, playing... Leave the Devils? Yeah, the Devils. Yeah, the, the, Flyers the, and the Devils. devils. And uh, so the Crosstown rivals, right, in these uh -huh. two stadium series. So uh, the Flyers are 28, 19, and 6 with Torts behind the bench. And then we have uh, um, them going up against the Devils, who have had a pretty okay year. But um, I don't know. I, I've kind of been a little bit disappointed with their production because, you know, the NHL and uh, you know, other podcasts have been kind of all up on the Devils saying, oh, they're these young guys and they're so good and they're just going to be good for all these years to come. And um, and so I think that's going to be a really good, good, good matchup, though. Yeah, I mean, they're almost evenly stacked. But like as a Panther fan, we always walk into the arena saying, like, it's the Devils, we got this win, and then so happens the Devils ends up beating us, you know? That's true. So That's true. <laughs> Why is it always the easiest games that end up being the ones that we lose? So, you know, uh, the Flyers, be careful. Don't walk in there with that champ, like, oh, it's just the Devils, you Speaking know? of the Flyers, we played them three games ago and absolutely walked away with a loss. Yeah. That was a tough one to swallow, too, because... You know, you wanna you wanted to play a good game, first game off the break. We had come off of just such a wonderful end to the first half of our season. And then, you know, Torts walks in the building. Thank God Gritty wasn't there because I feel like the <laughs> score differential would have been even worse. But, uh, yeah, that was a, obviously a very tight game, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was 2-1. But, um, yeah, that was a tough game to kind of stomach and then, having to come back and play Washington two days later. Thankfully, that was a, a better game. 
We won that one 4-2. And, and we'll talk more about our game this past Saturday later. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, in, in the NHL, in any professional sports, any team can win. You know, it doesn't matter who has the best players. You know, even look at the Edmonton Oilers. They just went on a 16-game win streak, and then they lost, and they're still not in first in their division yeah. because of how poorly they did at the beginning of the season. And they have arguably the two best players in the National Hockey League. Uh, so, yeah, you can never count any any team out for sure. Well, no, but here's the other one everybody's wanting to see. The Rangers and the Islanders playing the next day on the 18th. <clears throat> now, the Rangers, they're hot right now. The Islanders, not so much. I think it's like just a, a few 10-game difference in wins. But anything can happen, especially when you're playing outdoors. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, the Islanders definitely have a worse record, but now they have Coach Patrick Waugh behind the bench, and he hasn't made too many strides that we can necessarily see yet, but uh, I will be interested to see how the uh, kind of personality of the team shifts the longer Waugh is behind the bench. Um, so I think that one is going to... And I mean, look, it's a storied... Both of those uh, stadium series games are going to be epic. I would love to go to a stadium series game at some point just to see it. I'd love to see the Florida Panthers in a stadium I was about series to see game. Where? <laughs> I mean, want to see. They look as long as we could somehow get because Florida does get cold. Yeah. Those of you listening from outside of Florida, yes, we're usually in the seventies, but you know, I think the the technology has advanced to a place with the ice that they. They, because I mean, look. What if it's sixty degrees in New Jersey next weekend? That's true. Uh, so they have to figure it out somehow, and they do. So I think the NHL is just, you know, comes up with excuse after excuse not to give Florida an outdoor game, stadium series game. Yeah, they gave us the All Star game, which, to be fair, we fumbled a little bit. Yeah. Um, Guillermo can disagree with me. I was, I went. I wasn't. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't a huge fan. But um, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, for another podcast day. But anyway, we could do it in Tampa. That's a little farther north. I wouldn't want to do it in I Tampa. Yeah, but you know, just you to know, have it here. Why not? Exactly. Even if it's uh, cross rivals, you know, like how the Devils and the Flyers are doing it. Yeah. It would be a great. Tampa and Panthers at Tampa will be an amazing game. Or we could even do it at a neutral site in Orlando. We could yeah. do it at the stadium in Orlando. So, I mean, I think there are so many options. Shoot, we could even go up to Jacksonville if they really wanted to. Um, there are lots of options. I just think, you know, the NHL. Look, they just gave Chicago another outdoor game, and they suck. Not for nothing. They will be much better in the next few years. And let's not even get started about all of the terrible things that – you know, are the the um, skeletons in Chicago's closet from the past 10 years in, involving our former head coach, who I adore. Uh, like I said, let's not get into that. But how could Chicago get a freaking outdoor game yeah. and we are, you know... This is their fourth, I believe. Something like yeah. that. And yes, they're an original six, blah, blah, blah. But... Yeah, I I just I just think Gary Bettman doesn't make uh, all the best choices in the world. No, but I would definitely <clears throat> would like to go to MetLife Stadium to see any of these two games. Any of these two games, any fans that go and see it, they're gonna get a good game. End of story. And you know, it's, it's 
this should have been a well actually no this year's winter classics with the krakens and the vegas was actually a very very well put together yeah rooting for the krakens all the way and i was happy <laughs> but you know i don't think we can swear on here yet but no. beep vegas <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we uh we don't have uh especially as florida panthers fans it's still way too soon and probably always will like i don't even i think i dislike vegas more than i dislike boston now oh yeah yeah because okay. we we broke boston's heart and it was beautiful that's what i'm saying like well i can you know i'm still drinking the tears of the boston fans <laughs> but you know i'm running low but <laughs> hopefully we have no boston fans listening because they're gonna kill us <laughs> it's okay you have you have multiple stanley cups we have yeah, none. none give us this okay and we we suffered what you suffered too when we won the president trophy we True. dropped the, the first series so True. you know been there done that guys we're all friends Exactly. Well, until we're, <laughs> unless until we're not. All right. So moving on from from the stadium series, let's talk a little bit about another big uh, another big story in the league. Something that actually isn't even going in front of the Department of Player Safety until tomorrow. That's Tuesday. Is Morgan Riley's cross check cross check? Excuse me <laughs> on Grieg's head. After Grieg slap shots an empty netter to ice the win for his team, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? No, I've been waiting to yeah, talk about let's this hear it. All, let's hear it. all day. Uh, <clears throat> do I agree what Morgan did? No. Do I support what he did <laughs> to an extent? Do I agree what Greg did? I mean. Yeah, it's it's it was a home game against. Uh, it was the battle that, of that's uh, Canada, pretty much. Yeah, it's a home game. You're up against your your rival Canadian team, right? And then it's an open net. I if I I would have done it, I would have hit the fattest, strongest slap shot on that net. Now, if I was on the receiving outcome of that, I would have. Not cross-checked to the head, but I would have dropped the gloves and I would have duped it out because it's like, how dare you! Do that. And a simple tap, a love tap would have just provided. There's no need to kind of embarrass us like this. Mm. And then, I mean, you got to give it to the crowd. Half of the crowd didn't know what was going on because they're still celebrating the, the, you know, the goal. And then the other fans are like, oh, my God, there's a huge brawl going on. And then me on, on TV watching it at home, like, the he just, like, that's a... That's going to be a big fine and a suspension, hands down. Yeah, I was uh, talking about it after the game and uh, actually got in a little bit of a back and forth with Goldie on Twitter because uh, he posted it and I said, and I personally think, you know, it was just ridiculous. I mean, I get it. You're upset that, you know, somebody, you know, it's like, a, it's almost like a gut response. I'm just going to like beat the crap out of you. But you don't do that. It doesn't matter that you're professional athletes and hockey has fights on it. And I know people are going to call me soft, but it was just one of the stupidest things that Riley could have done. He is one of Toronto's top defensemen, and he is probably looking at serving a two to five game suspension, if not more, because when Depos brings you in in person, it's usually five plus. And Toronto, now granted, I don't like Toronto, but Toronto can't afford to lose Morgan Riley for five-plus games. 
And uh, even at the expense of his coach saying, I thought Riley's actions were appropriate. He's reacting to a play. Their player has the right to react in that moment. And our player... Our players have the right to react. That's the emotion of the game. Like, come on, Sheldon Keefe. I don't care that you were a former player and that, you know, that would have been absolutely acceptable when you were playing. And, you know, of course, a lot of people on social media, fans and former players alike, and even current players were saying, like, we're agreeing with you. Yeah, that is the reaction I would have had. Uh, why couldn't, you know, Riley have gone after Grieg? But on the other side of that, yeah, you have that flash of anger but then you have to kind of you know use your brain a little bit yeah. and maybe just give him a hip check you know yeah. drop the mitts that's it you know or, or throw him over the boards or there are so many other things you could have done and instead you cross-checked a man to the back of the head and you know who wasn't unaware so that could even it, this could have gone so many yeah. this could have gone wrong a hundred percent to the extreme i mean you got a defensive player skating away and then hit to the back of the head. This outcome could have been much worse than what it is. Yeah. But like I said, like, could have reacted some other way, you know, she's not this way. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. A lot of people are basically, what I'm seeing on social media anyway, is there are a lot of people who agree with me and saying like, oh, there's, there's just, you, we can't see that anymore in the NHL. And, you know, this is what needs to get taken out of our game. And, and stuff like that in terms of Riley's cross-check. Um, but then there were just as many people who were saying, no, it's absolutely warranted, and we would have done the same thing, and then you go back and forth. And, you know, ultimately, you know, if anybody wants to call me soft for thinking that somebody shouldn't be cross-checked to the back of the head, fine. Um, you know, I'm all for getting physical in a game. My favorite player, I said I would mention it at some point, is Sam Bennett, and he's known for you know, his hyper-physicality and being gritty and throwing his body around and, you know, hip-checking. And, you know, there are even some people who think that he's a dirty player. I wholeheartedly disagree, but, you know, people are entitled to their opinions. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think – I just think he didn't think. At, no, it's it's a heat of the moment. I get it. You're, you're technically – I'm going to say Toronto is getting embarrassed. yeah. And the first thing you're going to do is no. And he took it to the wrong way. He, he literally took it to the extreme. Not thinking. And I don't think he meant... I'm, gonna, I'm playing devil's advocate right now. I don't think he sure, sure. meant to go for the head, but I can guarantee you he was going for the head. You know? <laughs> it's one of those where like, well, I didn't mean to do it, but unintentionally, intentionally, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. hit him in the head with it. Right. Yeah. So we'll see what uh, the Department of Player Safety comes down with. The suspensions have been really interesting this year. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, we were going to uh, talk about anyway is, uh, but it's making me think about it now, is there was a athletic survey of players. And in it, they asked who's the most punchable face in the league and our number 21, Nikki Cousins, got the lion's share of votes on that. And um, I don't know, I just think it's interesting because one of the games we played in, the whole league, it felt like, was coming after us saying that, including many of the pundits up in uh, Canada, 
saying that Nick Cousins' hit was dirty and he should have faced a multiple-game suspension, but it wasn't called on the ice and the Department of Player Safety didn't even you know, sniff at it. And of course, what Morgan Riley did is egregious and has to go to Department of Player Safety. But there are plenty of other things that happen in game and in almost every game that's on the line, you know. Mm-hmm. And so do you have to bring the human element into it. And was that hit dirty? I don't know. Does it toe the line? You know, when P.K. Subban was still playing and, and I adore P.K. Subban, but especially his last two, three seasons, on the devils, he was slew footing left and right. Um, and yet I don't think he went in front of the department of player safety Mm -hmm. once. So, you know, why is it the player? Is it, you know, how egregious the hit is? Uh, I don't know. I feel like sometimes they, the department of player safety and even the refs play favorites. You know, we feel that as fans, there are certainly a couple of refs that as fans, we don't like seeing in our arena. Um, so how, how all of that plays into it, you know, and, and both of us as high school coaches can speak to uh, kind of what we say to our kids for the refs and stuff like that. And I think that does translate even at the professional level because the the refs, I mean, they have you by the balls, really. They do. And then I always tell my players is like, do not let the game be decided by the officials. If you let the games, if you're going to wait for every call to be called, if you're going to try to play by the rules then expect to lose because you just got to go out there and play. Sometimes the calls are going to be in your favor. Sometimes you're not going to get any call in your favor, and it's all you, 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 you. And you just got to – a lot of people say, well, especially during when it's the playoff time, when it's postseason, it's like, well, that's playoff hockey. They're not going to make call, any calls unless it's a, it's a big foul or it's a big, big opportunity. So it's, it's – officiating is very controversial. It can go any, you can have games where it's like, that was clear foul, and that outcome should have not happened, but at the same time, it's like, hey, you're not playing to, to please the officials, you're playing to win at the end of the day. Yeah, and and kind of, this wasn't on the top list of topics to talk about today, but what are your thoughts, given that we're talking about officiating, what are your thoughts on uh, on replay? Because I think that can go you know, multiple ways. Obviously, we love the NHL and the Florida Panthers, but, you know, when we sit and watch games, there are people around us who've never been to a Florida Panthers game, never been to an NHL game, so they don't even know what's happening. And they, you know, shoot the puck, and, you know, that's a penalty, and how could you take him down? And, you know, as fans who watch and know a lot of the rules, yeah, we're still amateur fans, but we know more, we know enough to be dangerous, right? Yeah. And so when we're watching, like, there were plenty of times in in the game on Saturday that, you know, it, it towed the line. It was like... You know, people said that's a foul or that's a penalty, but but it really wasn't. Um, and people get so upset about it, players included sometimes. And, you know, I think we have to acknowledge as fans and the players I know do this. But as fans, we have to acknowledge that being a ref is not an easy job. No. And you can't see everything. You can't. Um, yeah. Even as a coach, sometimes you're just focusing on one lineup or one one individual and by you just focusing on that one thing, you're missing literally everything that's happening behind you. And yeah. professional hockey is a fast-paced game. Yeah. 
and you're going back and forth quick that it's it's hard to get in i know in officiating you got to get in certain positions you got the the, the two linemen or you know then you got the two officials on the ice it's you're the Sometimes when you're trying to get back to your post as you're skating, you're missing something that's happening behind you. And I get it. They're human. We're not robots yet <laughs> making the calls. But, you know, sometimes we just got to suck it up. I do like what the um, coach from the Canes said in an interview. I don't remember if it was at the beginning of this season or the end of last season. Rod Brindamore was asked, you know, what do you think about the officiating? And, and he said, uh, or like, what would you change about the officiating? And he said, you know, I would get rid of the linesmen because almost all of the calls that linesmen are making are reviewable. And so why not just get them out of the game? Because oftentimes they do take up physical space on the ice and get in the way of the guys and get hit by the puck or, you know, um, just get in the way. And they try their best. They do try their best to get out of the way. But, you know, he said, get rid of the linesmen, have a center ice official to, you know, do the bulk or all of the calls and everything is going to get reviewed by the NHL anyway. That's why sometimes it takes so long uh, to review. And I actually really liked, I I liked that, you know, I don't want anybody to lose their jobs, um, especially as a teacher, (laughs) but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how important it is to have linesmen anymore with uh, the playback review that they have. So yeah, we'll leave it up to you listeners. Uh, What's your take on officiating? Do you want to see less of them? And not just in hockey, but in any professional. Or do you rather just, you know what, leave it the way it is? Yeah. So as we continue, <laughs> let's let's transition to talk some more about our, our boys on the ice. So Matty T, as we uh, talked about earlier, he is absolutely on a tear. He has the most points in the NHL since uh, since after the new year. Uh, he has 29 points. And uh, that is more than any other player in the league. And, um, yeah, just absolutely insane. He has more, obviously, with uh, assists or apples. But uh, he's, he's lighting the lamp as well. I always say that after the players have that holiday break or any long stretch, especially when they know the, the playoffs is right down the finish, like we're right there. You see the playoffs, they're coming off. We see a revamp of energy. They, it's, it's like it's like seeing a different season. It's like this is season B now. Mm. You know, it's like season A was we're getting the Knicks. You know that you know we're oiling up the machine and everything, right? And now the New Year's equals season B now, or as we teachers call it, right, semester two, right? <laughs> this is the second semester. We're from scratch, but everybody is. I, I it's well rested. The way I've been seeing not just the Panthers, but every team out on the ice is that they're, it, they, it's like a birth of new energy, and everybody's going for that spot. Yeah, I totally agree, and I'll just add that it's very clear, both with Matthew Kachuk and with Sam Bennett and even with Montour um, and Aaron Ekblad. You know, we had all of these big injuries in the offseason, some of which required surgery, um, and Matthew and, and Benny are two of the guys that Maurice talked about Um, You know, I think as much as, you know, nobody is going to clear an athlete until they're quote unquote 100 percent ready to go. Um, But, you know, I think Maddie and Benny really had to get into the groove and, you know, 
get back up to that mm-hmm. NHL level caliber, if you will. Um, and I think maybe they were a little gun shy and, you know, Benny was nursing a groin injury or low, lower body injury and, um, as well as, as other injuries. And Matthew was recovering from his cracked sternum. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think our team, like you said, was in that a part of the season was really just finding their footing and, you know, trying to gel with the new guys and Evan Rodriguez and Nick Cousins and, uh, um, and yeah, think, Larson. I don't think Nick Cousin has a punchable face. When I saw that, I was like, why isn't Kachuk there? I mean, <laughs> well, he was, he was, but isn't that, cra- isn't that so crazy? There were actually four Panthers listed on the most punchable face. It was Nick Cousins who got the most, I think it was like 27% of the vote. Matthew Kachuk, I think, was third, which makes sense Mm -hmm. because he's a menace. And I think he probably wanted to be at the top of the list. Uh, And then we had Lomberg, the Lamborghini, if you will, had some votes as well. I think he got like 2% of the vote. Him, I can agree. Him is like, every time I see him get on the ice, he's like, all right, I'm going to see a fight tonight. Yeah. But but it's like... Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Jonah Gajevich in next year's list. Who and I love that guy, man. Our fourth line—they are cooking. Um, and then let's not even. Oh, and then uh, Brandon Montour had one lone vote. Would love to see uh, who has <laughs> a personal. Monty, no. Yeah, want to see who has a personal vendetta against Monty. But um, yeah, I just think, and I think it's funny because. From what I've seen in years past, especially when we get to the playoffs, I think our most punchable players are Matty T and Benny. Yeah. Like, and Benny didn't get a single vote, which just goes to show he's very uh, he he can be very unassuming. So good for Bennett for uh, for outgrowing his punchable face, and uh, so I just I think it's funny that Nick Cousins was voted as punchable face. If it were me, I would have gone with. Uh, Brad Marchand. Okay. Uh, or I would have gone with um, Patrick Maroon. Yeah. For me, it's always temp. Any player from the Tampa Bay. Well, Patty <laughs> is with the Wild now. But, um, yeah, Patty Maroon, man. Oof. He just, I don't know why, he is just under my skin. Same thing with Corey Perry when he was with uh, the Lightning. Um, and now he, where is he now? He's out west somewhere. The Oilers, I think he... He was with Chicago, and then that whole situation happened that we still don't know anything about. But anyway, uh, guys find their landing spots if they need to. Um, Yeah, one of the other things is, though, that that makes me think about the Punchable Face survey is just how, even though our players can go out and probably not be recognized, we're a very small media market. Uh, You know, hockey is not as, as big as anybody wants it to be. But I almost feel like that's a selling point for the players. It's like you don't have you don't have state sales tax. You have beautiful weather most of the time. Yeah. And uh, you can wear flip-flops for the entire year. You get to play the game you love, which you would probably pay pay play for free if you could. And you can go to a restaurant and get into a show, go to a game and be anonymous if you want to. I think it was Nikolai who said in an interview, he's like, 
ever since I came to to the Panthers, I've only been stopped twice, and I've been everywhere. He he literally walks to restaurants. He's like, yeah. and my my um, encounter here has just been like nobody knows who I am, and only a small percentage of people have ever stopped and be like, "Hey, are you that hockey player?" And he'll be like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's like a hit to their ego, like because I know. Look, from what, and I don't know any hockey player personally except for our high school hockey players um and now that and now some of them play uh d2 d3 but they don't have huge egos you know so i'd like to think that even a matthew kachuk our superstar who is is quickly becoming the face of our franchise next to sasha barkov you know i'd like to think that he doesn't care when he goes out that maybe only a couple people know him, yeah. but you know, I think it's, so I think it's a selling point for a lot of the guys that they're like, okay, we don't have to live up to X expectation. It's we get to do what we love and not have to be in this crazy sports market like a Toronto, like, you know, an Edmonton, like a Boston, like a, even a Chicago where, you know, you can't even walk out your door without somebody saying, you suck, or we love you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, speaking of contract, what about Rhino? I mean, that's one player. Lord. I do not want to see go. That's, that's, I, I don't want another hoobie-dooby-doo situation in our hands where it's like, you know... Well, we're fortunate. Rhino is still Rhino's still pretty young. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think Rhino is... Uh, I mean, look, he's a first-liner. He's doing really well this year. But what I think people have to remember and kind of temper, because I've seen online, you know, especially Florida Panthers fans, not everyone, but some of them are saying, like, Pay him, give him all of the money, you know, that meme that's Game. like, pay him everything. <laughs> shut up and take um, my money. Yeah, <laughs> shut up and take my money. And even like some Florida Panthers fans are like, oh, we'll, we'll help support the cause to keep him in Florida. And the reality is I don't want to lose Rhino either, but I think that we have to kind of appreciate the fact, and Rhino I think understands this as well, that it's not just him producing. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. He is so good. And it is crazy to me that he already has 39 goals on the year, 22 of which are from power play goals. Like, insanity. He has more power play goals than six NHL teams do total. And that drives me bananas because the Panthers suck at power plays. <laughs> well, now, no, now they, they, they did. They did. This year, they do not. No, so <laughs> it, it, it's like at the beginning of the season, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a waste of a two minutes. But now it's like, all right, we're guaranteed to put it, you know. So yeah, to get a or, or clo as close to a guarantee as you can get, for sure. I'll so, tell you this. We've done a lot better defending the power plays and clearing it, and the defense has stepped up on power plays. I, I could not agree with you more. Our PK uh, was, you know, the best going into the All-Star break or up there, I think, in the top ten. And uh, we did backslide a little bit on our first game back, but um, first couple games. And, you know, I, I always worry when we go out west on our western swing in Canada because we're away for so long and, and it's hard on hard on the guys not only being away from their families but on their bodies and they're in a different elevation and a different uh, time, uh, you know, whatever. But 
yeah, I mean, we're clicking on yeah. special teams for sure, and it's it's really nice to see that. And as both of us are longtime Panthers fans, we we know that this is a breath of fresh air. Oh. Yeah, and it's it's really nice to see, um, uh, and we can't lie about that. But going back to Rhino, um, I would say I agree with John Bucci-Gross, who said that uh, he should sign for eight years at, I think it was nine, maybe nine and a half million. Look, we all know, like, Bill Zito is a shark, so he's yeah. going to get the most out of uh, his players that he can. And I think I think it's interesting because he doesn't have – he doesn't – go into free agency until July. And he already, and Rhino already came out and said, you know, talks are going well. I'm not concerned about it. If it happens during season, great. If it doesn't, fine. Yeah. Like, not upset either way. Um, but I think he needs to kind of, you know, push Zito to give him money, but not to overshoot. Because I think he knows he wants to stay in Florida. Yeah. And I think Zito knows he wants to stay in Florida. And um, so give him the eight years, give him the nine mil or nine and a half, because somebody did the math and Nylander up in Toronto just got uh, like an eleven and a half million dollar contract. But because of the taxes, if we gave Rhino nine and a half, he'd be making more than yeah. Nylander um, and they're comparable. So, um, you know, I think that he knows his worth, but he also, you know, really likes what he has going on here. I think the only, and I will, this is the first time I'm putting this out into the ether, Ooh. except for uh, telling a couple of my friends. I believe if we win the cup this year, that's the only way he leaves. If we do not win the cup, we sign him long-term, but I think there's a world if we win the cup, he goes after the money. Yeah. But I, I, I 100% agree with you. And I've, I've always talked to myself that way. I always feel that whenever the player reaches the final win, the final goal of getting that, that championship, to them it's like, well, I already got the ring, so now I'm just going to go to any team that's going to give me the total max because I already technically have my championship. Well, and, and l let's be fair. Not everybody yeah. does that. You know, Tampa stayed pretty much their core stayed there, yeah. and that's why they were – you know, so dominant for the number of years that they were. And, you know, their core is no longer, I mean, part of their core is still there. But um, as much as I hate Tampa um, and that that interview that Matthew did uh, when he first came in and said, I hate Tampa more, uh, just won over the, <laughs> the hearts and minds of every Florida Panthers fan that day. But, um, yeah, as much as I hate Tampa, I think... I, I think it's a possibility he would leave. I'm not saying yeah. 100% he'll follow the money because I think every professional athlete wants to win, right? Like, look, last night we just had the Super Bowl and the Chiefs won back-to-back -back Super Bowls. Go Chiefs. Um, but in winning that, Travis Kelsey in his post-game interview didn't say, I'm so proud of us. You know, we did it back-to-back. -back. He said, let's go for three. Yeah. So that being said, I think all of the guys, they want the cup, and then they want to start a dynasty. Of course. And what better way to start a dynasty but down here in South Florida? Hell yeah. By the Panthers. I believe in you, Bill. <laughs> For Come on, Zito. Keep cooking. Keep cooking. But so, no, it was an amazing game Saturday. Yes. We both were uh, 
in in attendance and that's where Guillermo was actually honored. He was there with his whole family and he got a bunch of swag from the Florida Panthers and he was the member of the game and was uh, acknowledged as the uh, as being a member of Hispanic excellence. Um, What was your experience like? Uh, Do you want to know a funny story? Yeah, yeah. So when they were honoring me, I so happened to left my seat. So they played the video and it did everything. <laughs> and I wasn't there. You had one job. You were that's the one. one job. I loved. Oh, oh my no. god. I mean, it was great. To, to tell the truth, it's still not real to me. It's like I don't see myself like, oh, I did it because I wanted to be honored by the Panthers or I want to be honored by the community. To me, it's just I was just doing my job as a guy in the Hispanic community, just doing what you know what I feel it's the right thing to do to to our students. You know, um, a lot of kids doesn't, especially in the Hispanic community, don't have people they can relate to. And I was like, well, I've been in your shoes. I know what it is not to, to be in an area you feel really weird in the people and the way everybody speaks. So, you know, it's it feels a breath of fresh air that, you know, I'm there in the classroom to help kids like that. Because growing up, I didn't technically always had somebody like that in the classroom. Is always, you know, the, the the American teachers, and they'll be like, "Well, wait right here while I find somebody to to help mm. you." You know, that's so interesting because I also grew up in South Florida in Broward County, and I've had I, I'm a white woman. Uh, I don't know if you can tell <laughs> from my lack of accent, but. I've, I haven't had the opposite problem, but and I've had a lot of teachers relate to me, but I speak to some of my friends who grew up outside of South Florida, and it is really shocking the diversity of teachers that we are fortunate to be around. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I certainly had Hispanic teachers. I had black teachers. I had Haitian teachers. I had, um, I had white teachers. I had male teachers. I had female teachers. Um, and so I think we are very fortunate in South Florida that we do have uh, such a diversity of just people. It really does yeah. feel like a melting pot. Like you could come to South Florida and it feels in some ways not exactly like but it feels like you're in Central America or South America. We have that running joke, South, South Florida is a, is a different entity. It's not a part of Florida. It's like you have South Florida and you got the real Florida. You know? <laughs> right. right. We're, there, there are some country Floridians in, in South Florida, but they are very few and far between, for yeah. sure. Um, so, yeah, anyway, just wanted to give you a shout-out and a well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But, it was uh, great. But yeah, let's let's get into talking about the game and what a game it was for us to talk about in our first podcast. Definitely didn't want to have to talk about a loss, so oh, let's talk about a shutout instead. Oh, it's Bobby. What what, what more can you say about Bobby? Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> and it, him coming. Still, he he had an amazing game at at the All Star. Yeah, and coming back home, I think this is the first home win. No, is it second? Second, second. Yeah, because he's he. Stolars played the first one, the first one yeah. against Philly, and then Bobby came in for us against Washington, yeah, and then he played. Uh, so he's two and zero to start the new. Well, after the All Star, it break. was just a complete Panther dominance, and that's what we needed. Yeah, and you saw that he's the second star of the week for the NHL. Mm-hmm. So well deserved. What a what a gem. And you know, I think it's a long time coming. I will be the first to tell you that you know, over the last few years that he's been on our team as a goalie, um, I have not always been a Bob fan. 
I I go back and forth. And now I will say I have a soft spot for goalies in particular because I think you have to be a very special human to be a uh, a hockey goalie, somebody yeah. who's going to get a puck, you know, smacked at you at 80, 90 miles an hour um, and, and continue taking those hits. But, um, yeah, I haven't always been the kindest to him. I, I especially, you know, two, three years ago um, when he had a little bit of drop off in production and it just felt like, man, this $10 million contract is just dragging us down. What can we do? And I'm, I'm the first person to say we needed to cut him loose. And I'm so glad that, <laughs> that Bill Zito does not listen to anybody yeah. but his own analytics department um, because he knew what he had already. And, uh, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky is a world-class goalie, and we are fortunate to have him. Yeah. And then they proved me wrong, too. So- Two power play goals on the first quarter. I How was, insane. I was like, wow. And you saw that there were only three power plays awarded the whole game. Yeah. Two for us and one against. And our PK held strong, like you said. And, you know, we just Bobby shut him down. And, and against the avalanche. Yeah. For those of you who are, you know, I don't think anybody's listening to this that isn't a fan of the NHL. But if you're not, the Colorado Avalanche are one of the best teams in the league. Nathan McKinnon is playing on an unreal level this year, just like in the stratosphere, ionosphere, whatever's higher. And I'm not a science teacher, y'all. Uh, <laughs> but he's just incredible. You got Kale McCarr just doing crazy things. And, you know, Georgiev, 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 Georgie, uh, their goalie, their starting goalie is, is unreal too. So, mm. you know, it, you just have to give it up not only for Bobby, but Bobby said it in his post-game interview, like, you know, wouldn't have been able to do it without the team. And mm. how true that is because, you know, the boys, like – like you said earlier, Guillermo, we're really just coming together and we're clicking. And, you know, of course, we're going to take our losses. Um, but as long as we're in the fight, and uh, you know, you just like Paul Maurice said it after the Philly game. He said, I just didn't like our game and I really don't have much else to say. Uh, and as fans who watch every game, it was very evident to see that we were off our game oh, yeah. when we played Philly. Um, but damn, if we didn't come back and, you know, against Washington, we won 4-2. And then going up against the Avalanche and blanking them, that was sweet. Yeah, it was a statement. It's like we, we were slowly progressing our production. It's like, okay, the, the sleepy wear finally wore it off. We're not playing, or as I say, we're not dragging butt, because I don't want to curse just yet. <laughs> not dragging butt on the ice. We're actually, it's not just Bobby, but he, there was that one play in the in the second, I think it was the first quarter, or the first or the second, where he Bobby completely came off the line, and it was just an empty net. And Barca was there to, to deflect that puck out. I mean, do you want to talk about the fact that we had a penalty shot awarded against us and Bob stood tall and freaking saved that? Oof, that was pretty sweet. But it was almost like, I I think it was Bennett that was uh, interviewed after the game. Somebody was. It might have been Carter. One One of the boys was interviewed after the game and they said, we we didn't even get worried. Like we weren't uncomfortable at all. We knew that, you know, he was going to save it. So kudos to Bobby. And, uh, he definitely, we want him to stay out the, the next few years, especially since we're paying him so much money. I want our <laughs> listeners to know that 
it wasn't just like, oh, the, you know, the Avalanche weren't trying. They had 34 shots on goal. Yeah. And it was zero winning. So it's not like they weren't playing their best. They were shooting. It's just, you know, they were shooting into a wall. Yeah, and I mean, look, we have those games, too, where sometimes it doesn't matter what our production value is. Like, some of those shots, I sit in, uh, actually, both of us sit in 128, which is a section that's directly behind where the Panthers shoot twice. Um, And during the second frame, when Bobby was in the crease, you could see those high danger chances, and... It was unreal, some of the saves that he was making. Uh, I do want to go back a little bit because we were talking about the power play. In the first, when Carter got that first goal, um, first of all, beautiful. But second, I know that we talk a lot about how uh, Rhino is the one getting all the love on the power play. But I just want to talk and acknowledge that um, a a lot is happening on the power play and our boys are so unselfish, and I mm-hmm. really love that, you know, yes, okay, Barkov didn't score for 18 games, but it didn't stop his production. Okay. He is, there are so many metrics that we can't actually see that if you're just going to watch a three-minute review of the game or listen to it, you're not going to be able to see those things. But Barkov, it deserves the C. He deserves how much money he gets paid. Matthew Kachuk, in every single interview, if he's asked about Barkov, he says he is the best player I've ever played with. And if you're not a casual fan, if you're watching every game, you can see the little things that Barkov does right every single time. Does he have off games? Sure. Every guy has an off game. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he is a wizard with his stick. And it is just, it's almost like poetry in motion. Um, and so it's, it's nice when you have these just unreal players clicking and having so much chemistry that it doesn't matter who scores. Yeah. They just want the goals. And like you say, they're not selfish. They're, the way that they've been passing and rotating on the ice, it's, it's almost like, it's like angels flying through the way. But no, their passing <laughs> like has improved. The on the on the final period we were we were up, and then the way they were rotating on the ice and everybody was sharp and they were receiving the pass, receive pass, receive pass, receive pass, rotating trying to get the the avalanche off balance to see okay who, where we're gonna strike. We're not just shooting to shoots for 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 you know beeping giggles. You know they're actually being smart on the way they're handling the rotations of the puck. Yeah, and I do feel like this was a game where we. Look, it wasn't a flawless game, but it was pretty near perfect. I mean, that shot that Lusterinen had Uh in the second to get our third goal, where he was laid out and he still took the shot from a horizontal position, and this man still beat Georgiev. Georgiev? Georgiev? I need to look that up. Sorry, (laughs) y'all. If you're an Avalanche fan, I do apologize. Um, And just... And then that's our third line. Now, granted, they haven't been producing a lot, so I was really proud of them and really happy that they stuck with it. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Well, it remains to be seen kind of what the rest of our season looks like, but, um, I have a lot of faith in our guys and, uh, I mean, it's just, just so good. Like you said, it was a clean game. The second and third, no penalties. They were playing smart hockey, fast hockey, exactly what. Paul Maurice was telling is like we need to be smart on the on the things we do on the ice. 
Yeah. So, look, we've kept you for a long time today, y'all. Uh, <laughs> and if you've made it this far, I Kudos. love you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so what we have to look forward to this week, as Guillermo said at the beginning of the show, we are on the road this week. So mm -hmm. we don't have a single home game until the Kachuk battle next Tuesday on the 20th. But until then, we play on Wednesday against Pittsburgh, which, you know, is going to be tough because I do have a Sidney Crosby jersey. But uh, I, of course, am going to be supporting the Panthers. And then on Thursday, we'll be playing against Buffalo. So we have a back-to-back -back Wednesday, Thursday. Then we play on Saturday. Ugh. Crosstown Rivals, Tampa Bay. Oh, that's going to be good. Ugh. Very good. Well, actually, I, I'm hoping that we can we can come out strong against Tampa because they have so many injuries right now. They have, I, I think it's uh, Kucherov out with player assistance. They mm. have Sergachev out with a, a fractured tibia and fibia. So... Um, you know, here's hoping that we can we can take advantage yeah. of uh, of that. We, we've been a road team this season. We've been very dominant on the road. We so absolutely have. So we just been. have to uh, continue that momentum and continue to play smart hockey. Heck yeah! So from from your lips to the hockey gods' ears. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, I think we're gonna wrap it up for today. We will. Uh, be back next Monday, yeah. hopefully. Well, we'll record next Monday. Upload at some point. So when do you want to upload? Like, when do you want to drop? You want to be like Fridays? Mm. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever it drops, that's when you know we figure it I out. I think we should be like a midweek drop. Like okay. do a Tuesday, Wednesday sort of situation. Right. So we'll, we'll see. Y'all will know first. But um, yeah, so be on the lookout for the Sunrise Selly podcast. And... Uh, with Tori and Torrente. TNT. TNT, another hockey podcast. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.